My friends, immediately after posting my episode earlier today, I saw the news about what has happened in the U.S., and I am speechless. I'm so deeply upset, as I know so many of you are. I don't even know what to say, except that we all have to pull together because this is only the beginning. They have been at this war for 50 years, but they're not going to stop this need to legislate morality. It's making my head explode. I'll try to figure out something to do in the coming weeks to address this issue via the podcast. Just know that I am with everyone out there who is enraged, desperate, worried, in mourning, you name it. I am there. I realize the topic of the day might not seem appropriate, but remember, this is only the beginning. They are coming for anyone who can be described as other, and that includes the homos. Believe me, it includes the queers. We can't be silent. I hope this episode, however, will bring you some solace through the exquisite music and performances. I love you all. Let's all get out there and fight like girls. Hello, my beloved listeners. I am still on the road visiting my family in Wisconsin. Also, I am so lucky to be staying with friends who have given me the use of their beautiful home, but it does use central air conditioning, so I will try to use noise reduction to take that out, but it's so hot today, I'm certainly not going to live without air conditioning, and I'm not going to go into the closet to record especially not when this is the third of my Queer Pride episodes. Once again, just the quick Werbung, as we call it in Germany, my little sales pitch. If you want to support the podcast, and I would be so grateful for your financial support, please go to patreon.com slash countermelody. And you can make a pledge, either monthly or yearly, to support me in my efforts here. I am hoping to post alongside this episode a bonus episode which is related to one of today's subjects. Thank you so much for your support, and let's get going with this very interesting episode. Welcome counter melody the podcast on great singers and great singing as always i am your host daniel gundlach no preaching here no lecturing well maybe just a tiny bit of each but the primary spotlight will always be on the singers that enrich and enhance our lives no matter what is going on in the world around us Thanks for joining me. And now, this week's episode. So often in music history, we encounter couples who work together as musicians, and we have both straight and gay examples of this. Certainly the most famous gay example is Peter Pierce and Benjamin Britten, and they were also life partners 
and when one hears Britain's music, written specifically for Pierce, you really hear how it was tailored to Pierce's specific voice. Today I'm featuring a Gallic version of that kind of partnership, that of Francis Poulenc, the composer, and Pierre Bernac, the supremely voiceless Bariton Martin, who first collaborated together in 1926 when Bernac created Poulenc's song cycle Chanson Gaillarde. They lost sight of each other until the year 1934, and from that point on, until Bernac's retirement from singing in 1960, Bernac was without a doubt the most important interpreter of Poulenc's music, and as with Britton and Pierce, so much of this music was created with a clear eye to Bernac's very specific vocal gifts and limitations, as well as to his brilliance as an interpreter. Here is one of Poulenc's most quintessential songs, the second of his cycle Banalité, composed in 1940 to texts by Guillaume Apollinaire, of whom I shall have more to say a little bit later. This recording is from 20 years later, 1960, and is among the last works that Poulenc and Bernac recorded together. This is certainly one of Poulenc's most famous songs. Here's the text. My room is shaped like a cage. The sun puts its arm through the window. But I would like to smoke, to make smoke pictures. I light at the fire of day my cigarette. I do not want to work. I want to smoke. Approximately 15 years after the death of Francis Poulenc, Pierre Bernac published a book entitled Francis Poulenc, The Man and His Songs. He gives very specific ideas, really codified rules, I should say, as to the interpretation of each individual song, as well as an overview of the, the correct performance style for the songs and, indeed, for Poulenc's music in general. I'll just tell you first what he says about Hotel. Without doubt, the laziest song ever written. But make no mistake, there must be no hint of sadness. On the contrary, it is a happy laziness. The poet is in his small hotel room, among the rooftops in Montparnasse. He stretches and yawns. A ray of sunlight shines through the window, and in his blissful mood, the only thing he wants to do is to light a cigarette au feu du jour at the sun's fire. We might say that the interpreters, singer and pianist, must themselves give the impression of stretching in a perfect legato for which the indicated tempo is excellent. There is no reason to sing piano on the first line. The dynamics should preferably be mezzo forte and forte. He goes on in similar detail about how to emphasize certain syllables, every single effect to make to bring out the happy laziness of the text. And while this may seem extremely rigid and codified, when every single instruction is followed, the effect is exactly the opposite, that of complete spontaneity and union with both music and text. Mm -hmm. 
mentioned the chanson gaillarde which pierre bernac created with francis poulenc evidently poulenc had some reservations at that point about bernac feeling that he wasn't quite body enough to handle the sometimes lascivious texts and in fact i had always been led to believe that poulenc and bernac had been romantic partners at the beginning and then gradually went their own way in their romantic associations while cementing their close artistic partnership but honestly i don't think that's accurate i think that poulenc and bernac were never romantically involved in fact i don't know too much about bernac's tastes he appeared to have been much more reserved than poulenc was and less effusive and less carnal i would say than poulenc but they made an amazing interpretive team when they first reconnected eight years after the chanson gaillarde it was to perform the music of debussy in salzburg here's a live recording of the two of them at the festival de bordeaux in 1952 performing the second of debussy's trois ballades de françois villon this is a prayer that Villon wrote for his illiterate mother at her own request to offer up to the Virgin Mary. Tell your son that I am his. Through him may my sins be absolved. I am a poor old woman who knows nothing. I've never read a single letter. At the monastic church where I attend, I see paradise painted where there are harps and lutes and a hell where the damned are boiled one frightens me the other causes joy give me joy lofty goddess from whom sinners must all resort filled with faith without feigning or laziness in this faith i want to live and die Oh, <laughs> 
instructional to read the dedication to the published score of Les Dialogues des Carmelites, in which Poulenc cites the most important influences on his musical life. To the memory of my mother, who revealed music to me, to Claude Debussy, who inspired me to compose, to Claudio Monteverdi, Giuseppe Verdi, Modeste Mussorgsky, who in this work were my models. Later, when asked by the critic Claude Rostand to cite other musicians who inspired him, he said, It was without doubt Debussy who awakened me to music, but it was Stravinsky who later served as my guide. On the harmonic plane, I owe much to Ravel, enormously also to Satie, but more aesthetically than musically. And Chabrier is my grandfather. Poulenc even wrote a book later in his life about the music of Chabrier. We're going to hear now a 1936 recording of Chabrier's song L'Île Heureuse, The Happy Island. So therefore, one of the earliest examples, maybe even the earliest example we're going to hear today of the voice of Pierre Bernac. It was a voice that had a wide range, much ease at the top of the range in particular, limited in color, however, and definitely in volume, but capable of expressing through the text a myriad of colors and emotions. L'Ile Heureuse is set to a poem by one Ephraim Michael. He lived a short life from 1866 through 1890, and his real name was Georges Michel. He became Ephraim Michael as a way of asserting his Jewish identity. This is a song much like Duparc's 
L'Invitation Voyage, or Debussy's piano piece L'Île Joyeuse, which celebrates the freedom of travel and the joy of living in voluptuousness and clear skies and sun. song grounded in nature that Poulenc and Bernac recorded, in this case in the year 1940, is Le Colibri, The Hummingbird, by Ernest Chausson, set to a poem by Le Comte de Lille. As Lille Heureuse offers a vast panoramic view of nature, Le Colibri zeroes in and focuses on the actions of the hummingbird it is in the unusual meter of five four which lends a peculiarly appropriate instability in its depiction of the hummingbird who is always in motion and never alights until the moment of his death which in this poem is depicted 
as occurring as a result of his draining the nectar from the red hibiscus flower until he can drink no more and dies from that effort not knowing if he could have ever drained it dry in the final strophe the poet says even so my dearest on your pure lips my soul would have wished to die from the first fragrant kiss that we shared if these days we would call the great jean cocteau an early influencer he was not a musician but he certainly had refined musical tastes that went along with his talent as both wordsmith and visual artist he and poulenc were close friends and collaborated on two pieces in particular la voix humaine and following that la dame de monte carlo i think poulenc only set 
one of Cocteau's poems. At least only one is extant, as far as I'm remembering it. It was Cocteau who was central to the formation of the group of composers known as Les Six. There were six members of this group, Georges Auric, Louis Duré, Arthur Honegger, Germaine Taillefer, Darius Millot, and Francis Poulenc. There is not one overriding musical style that unites them. They were first grouped together by the critic Henri Collet, and Cocteau eventually became their spokesperson. Not all of them were so closely allied to each other, either musically or personally, but Millot and Poulenc were rather good friends, although sometimes also quite critical of each other's work. In 1936, Bernac and Poulenc recorded a song of Darius Millot from his group entitled Quatre Poèmes de Léo Latil. This is the song La Tourterelle, the dove. My dove, my turtle dove, is it your plaintive voice I hear moaning in the gathering shadows of the elm tree's branches? What arrow has wounded you, sweet and beauteous bird? This is the valley of my tears. The sun has left its rays in the sky, a pure sky, palpitating with the flight of other invisible doves. You sing in this tree, I weep at its roots. Oh, my dove, my turtle dove, stay with me in my valley. Ma colombe, oh, ma tourterelle, est-ce vous dont j'entends la voix plaintive qui gémit dans les rameaux de ces ormeaux qui s'assombrissent? Dans cette fin du jour, l'air du soir était caressé par vos ailes, et maintenant, dans l'arbre balancé, votre voix chante grave et pure, se mêlant au confus murmure des eaux. Ah, quelles tempêtes et quels orages vous ont emporté dans leur vaste univers, mon bel oiseau si fier! Conduisant votre course avec celle des grands nuages vagabonds. Qu'il est pur le ciel à son zénith. Ce petit collet beau calmé vous est abandonné dans les rameaux de ces grands arbres. Leur feuillage hautain est confus sur le firmament. Vous vous plaignez tristement Quelle flèche vous a blessé Mon bel oiseau si doux C'est ici la vallée de mes larmes Voici ces tendres photos, ces fleurs jamais cueillies, ces rives nébuleuses qui cheminent vers l'horizon. Le soleil a laissé ses rayons dans le ciel, dans un ciel pur où palpite le vol d'autres colombes invisibles. Vous chantez sur cet arbre au pied duquel je pleure, ma colombe, ô oh, ma tourterelle, demeurez avec moi dans ma vallée. 
once again we encounter the dove in this next song i'm going to play for you called tombeau dans un parc tomb in a park this is from a cycle called melodie passagère set by the american composer samuel barber to texts composed in french by the poet Rainer Maria Rilke. Barber composed this cycle in the early 1950s specifically for Bernac and Poulenc. They did do a recording of it in the year 1952, and yet it remained unreleased until the mid-1970s. Poulenc was sometimes a little disdainful of non-French composers setting texts in French, and except for one setting of Shakespeare in English at the very end of his life, Poulenc never set any texts other than in French and also the church music in Latin. I do, however, think that this is a very beautiful setting of Rilke, and, of course, it's beautifully performed. Sleep at the end of the avenue, tender child, under the flagstone. We will make a summer song around your interval. If a white dove passes in flight above, I would only offer up his shadow that falls upon your tomb. outside the repertoire of 20th century French composers. There's a sublime recording from 1943 of him singing the Bach tenor cantata Meine Seele rühmt und preist. I'm going to offer you the final aria of that cantata, Deine Güte, Dein Erbarmen. The orchestra is conducted by that well-known French conductor, Charles Münch. Oh, 
Schumann resonates more deeply with some French interpreters and composers than does Schubert. Gérard Souzet, who also studied under Pierre Bernac and Poulenc, had an equal affinity for both, but yet he always tended in the direction of Schumann, as did the Dutch baritone Bernard Kreisen, who also studied with Bernac. Bernac himself stated that Poulenc was not really responsive to the music of Schubert, but yet was very comfortable with the music of Schumann. Bernac recorded a handful of Schumann songs, most of them with other pianists. He recorded the cycle Dichterliebe twice in rather close succession, first with Gerald Moore as the pianist, and second with the esteemed French pianist Robert Cassadsu in a 1952 version. I'm going to play just one song from Dichterliebe, and that from the 1952 recording with Kassadzu. This is the 14th song of the 16-song cycle, Annächtlich im Traume, which reveals the vividness of Bernac's text painting, even when singing in German. I see you in my dreams nightly, and you greet me friendly, and crying out loudly, I throw myself at your feet. You look at me sadly and shake your dear blonde head, and from your eyes drop forth pearly teardrops. You say a soft word to me and hand me a cypress branch. I awake, and the branch is gone, and I've forgotten the word. Dich freundlich, freundlich grüßen und laut auf weinen stürze ich mich zu deinen süßen Füßen. Du siehst mich an, wehmütiglich und schüttelst. Schüttelst das blonde Köpfchen, aus deinen Augen schleichen sich die Perlentränen Tröpfchen. Du sagst mir heimlich ein leises Wort. Oh, 
und gibst mir den Strauß, den Strauß von Zypressen. Ich wache auf und der Strauß ist fort und das Wort hab ich vergessen. Kulak's musical style is often divided into two types the sacred, if you will, and the secular, just to really be over-reductive about it. There's a bodiness to much of his work, a tender, playful sensuality, and on the other hand, there's a piety, a seriousness, an ethereal quality that also suffuses much of Poulenc's music. He was raised Roman Catholic, and that always formed a part of his persona, but he definitely took a turn toward a more personalized expression of his Catholic faith. It's documented that the gruesome death in a car accident of his fellow composer Pierre Octave Ferrou led Poulenc to return to the Catholicism of his youth. The first piece that he composed that was suffused with that kind of piety was the Litanie à la Vierge Noire, which was inspired by a pilgrimage to see the Black Virgin of Rocamadour. His Catholic faith also inspired his composition of the Stabat Mater, the Mass in G, the opera Les Dialogues des Carmelites, and the Gloria, which for many people is a rather uncomfortable blending of that frivolous, quote-unquote, Poulenc with the pietistic one. It remains one of his most popular pieces. But what I want to talk about right now is the rage that is sometimes expressed in Poulenc's music. One example of this is in the song Le Mendiant, The Beggar, from his Chanson Villageoise, composed in 1942, which exists in versions both for piano and voice and for orchestra and voice. Many of the songs in this cycle are completely frivolous, based in folk traditions, but then there is this song, Le Mentien. Jean-Martin took his sack. Long live. There's a refrain that goes through this song. Vive le passant qui passe. Long live the one who passes through. As the song progresses, that refrain acquires a more sinister affect. It becomes quite clear that this is a call to action for the homeless people to take up action against the bourgeoisie and the church that so mistreat and abuse them, and the walking stick that the beggar uses to support himself is transformed into a weapon of revenge and retribution. Jean-Martin took up his sack and his dogwood staff. Long live he who passes through. He went off to the monastery to beg. Get out of here, said the monk. We don't like beggars. He went off to the town to beg, and was ignored by the grocers and innkeepers, who overeat and warm their feet and lie close to their wives in the light of the evening fire. You drove him away, and he was found dead on the ice. Oh, you greedy men and monks, tremble, you who are without pity, because one day the Jean-Martins will become a mob 
and take up their dogwood staffs and stick you through the belly jean martin take up your sack and your dogwood staff this is a live recording made in paris in the year 1944 with bernac accompanied by roger desormières whom we remember from his peleas recording that we sampled a number of episodes back <laughs> with musical partners other than Poulenc, so did Poulenc work with singers other than Bernac. We are going to hear live radio and studio performances of Francis Poulenc in collaboration with other vocalists. 
first let's hear a setting by debussy of charles d'orleans this is the song pour ce que plaisance est morte one of the trois chansons de france in this recording we're going to hear the dutch baritone bernard kreisen who was a student of pierre bernax and who concertized with poulenc after bernax's retirement from live performance this recording took place at the festival de Menton in 1962 because pleasure is dead this may i am clad in black it is a great pity to see my heart in such distress it is my duty to dress this way because pleasure is dead this may i am clad in black the weather carries the news to those who had not heard and the rain forces us in from the fields behind closed doors because pleasure is dead There were two poets that were the most important to Poulenc, Guillaume Apollinaire, who wrote the text to Hôtel and so many other melodies that Poulenc set. The other was Paul Éloire. We shall hear several of Poulenc's settings of his poems in just a few minutes. Here is Bernac writing of Poulenc as a connoisseur of poetry. Poulenc's inspiration never flowed with greater spontaneity than when he felt the urge to set a literary text. It is astonishing to realize to how great a degree the words, their colors, their accents, the rhythm of a phrase or of a line, as well as its sense, the general movement, the pulsation, the form of the poem or literary text, in addition to its meaning, all combined 
to awaken in Poulenc the musical inspiration. Since his childhood, he had adored poetry, especially that of contemporary poets whose work he sniffed greedily and attempted to set to music from the time he first began to compose. Of his complete list of songs, only 20 are not on texts by contemporary poets. These modern poems are often rather obscure, but his musical setting always clarifies them. Through his music, they are given their correct punctuation, for most of the poems are without punctuation, which can involve the reader in serious misconceptions. He finds their speed, breathing places, inflections, grasps their feeling and emotion, reveals their profound meaning, and gives them life. It is Poulenc, wrote Claude Rostand, who should be consulted by those who do not entirely understand the meaning of the poetry of Max Jacob, of Jean Cocteau, of Louise de Villemorin, and above all, of Guillaume Apollinaire and Paul Éloire. In his songs, he uncovers all the mysteries. Here is what Poulenc himself said. When I have chosen a poem of which the musical setting at times may not come to my mind until months later, I examine it in all its aspects. When it is a question of Apollinaire or Éloire, I attach the greatest importance to the way in which the poem is placed on the page, to the spaces, to the margins. I recite the poem to myself many times. I listen. I search for the traps. At times, I underline the text in red at the difficult spots. I note the breathing places. I try to discover the inner rhythm from a line which is not necessarily the first. Next, I try to set it to music, bearing in mind the different densities of the piano accompaniment. When I am held up over a detail of prosody, I do not persist. Sometimes I wait for days. I try to forget the word until I see it as a new word. I rarely begin a song at the beginning. One or two lines, chosen at random, take hold of me and very often give me the tone, the hidden rhythm, the key to the work. I never transpose the tonality in which I have conceived a phrase in order to save myself trouble. I have never claimed to resolve poetic problems by means of the intellect. The voices of the heart and of intuition are more reliable. It is not only the lines of the poem that must be set to music. The setting to music of a poem must be an act of love, never a marriage of convenience. We shall hear more settings of both Apollinaire and Éloire momentarily. But first, I want to look at a setting by the poet Louise de Villemorin. There are a handful of songs that Poulenc set to her texts. When one of Poulenc's patronesses, Marie Blanche de Polignac, shared a poem by Louise de Villemorin with him, Aux Officiers de la Garde Blanche, Poulenc was so enchanted that he contacted Villemorin and asked her to compose more poems for him to set. These comprised his first settings of her poetry he went on to compose two more sets of her poems most famously the fiancée pour rire or whimsical betrothal as well as the metamorphose 
metamorphoses the fiancailles pour rire were set in 1939 and premiered the following year with poulenc accompanying the french soprano genevieve touraine if you don't remember the name genevieve touraine it's too bad <laughs> but she was the sister of gerard souzy they each took professional stage names from different regions of france in 1954 touraine and poulenc recorded a number of songs best suited for women's voice including the entire cycle fiancée pour rire one of my favorites is the fifth song violon violin of this song poulenc wrote i composed this song with a hungarian restaurant on the champs elysees in my mind for which louise's husband had engaged a tzigan orchestra from budapest i have tried to suggest the local color only very distantly because the hand that wrote the poem is french the musician similarly transposes this rhythm of the danube into our own atmosphere poulenc insisted that his songs should not be played with rubato and that the pianist must use a lot of pedal and in fact the key to handling his piano writing was to bathe everything in pedal this is a song that is often overinterpreted, but both bernac and poulenc are very insistent that if there is any vulgarity inherent in the song it should be only a hint here and there rather than stretched out and distorted as it so often is i think this recording by touraine and poulenc is near definitive enamored couple with the misprized accents the violin and its player please me the heart formed like a strawberry offers itself to love like an unknown fruit return to poulenc's settings of guillaume apollinaire the poet with whom he felt most closely allied poulenc always said that it was important for him to have heard the voice 
of the poet whose work he was setting and indeed he did meet apollinaire on a few brief occasions apollinaire's name was a pseudonym he was born in rome in august eighteen eighty and died of the flu epidemic in november nineteen eighteen in paris to which he had moved in eighteen ninety nine in his twenties he became well acquainted with the most important figures in all aspects of the arts including picasso Braque, chagall but also the poet max jacob the composer eric satie and many others he began writing poetry and his first collection was published in nineteen o nine he was the first person to coin the term surrealism of which his work is of course an example in nineteen fourteen apollinaire enlisted in the infantry and served on the front during world war one in nineteen sixteen he suffered a head wound and returned to paris it was during this time that he wrote his poem bleuet which is a play on words both a colloquialism for a young soldier as well as a cornflower apollinaire plays with the meaning of the word bleu or blue we are going to hear poulenc's setting of the song performed by the swiss tenor hugues crenot whom i featured on a number of recent episodes he was a character tenor who had a very long career and a very long life and when he was in his forties he and poulenc worked together this recording was made for radio suisse romande in december nineteen fifty three here is what poulenc had to say about this poem i felt no heroic attitude of mind in writing this song that would moreover not have suited me because there is nothing of the bard about me i was quite simply moved to the depths of my being by the intensely human overtones of apollinaire's poem humility whether it concerns prayer or the sacrifice of a life is what touches me most bleuet young soldier young man of twenty years you who have seen such terrible things what do you think of the men of your childhood you have seen bravery and cunning you have seen death face to face over a hundred times you do not know what life is hand on your fearlessness to those who will come after you young man you are full of joy your memory is steeped in blood your soul too is red with joy you have absorbed the life of those who fell beside you you have resolution it is five o'clock and you would know how to die if not better than your elders at least with more piety for you know death better than life o oh, sweetness of former days slow moving beyond all memory Oh, 
lived from 1895 to 1952, is the other most significant poet whose melodies are set by Poulenc. He was an early adherent to the Dadaist movement and was one of the founders of the Surrealist movement. Like Apollinaire, Éluard also suffered from ill health, and during World War I, his military assignment was to write to the families of the dead and wounded at nighttime, he dug graves to bury the dead. In 1918, he published his first volume of verse. During the occupation of Paris in World War II, he became known as the poet of the resistance. Bernac refers to him as the outstanding lyric poet of his time. No other has sung more eloquently of love, both human love and love of humanity. Poulenc wrote his first song to a text by Éluard in 1935, and some of Poulenc's most important song cycles, including Tel jour, telle nuit, Le fraîcheur et le feu, and Le travail du peintre, which was his last major song cycle. All of these were set to poems by Éluard. In 1947, Poulenc made his second last setting of a poem by Éluard, Main dominée par le cœur. In this performance, a live one from the Festival de Bordeaux in 1958, we hear Poulenc accompanying his favorite soprano, Denise Duval. He first discovered Duval when he was looking for a heroine to portray the role of Thérèse in his setting of Apollinaire's short play, Les Mamelles de Tiresias. Poulenc went on to write roles specifically for Duval in his other two operas, the role of Blanche in Les Dialogues des Carmelites, 
and of elle in the monodrama la voix humaine duval had one of those typically acidic french soprano voices but she was a woman of enormous refinement and extraordinary musicality and poulenc was positively devoted to her her singing career ended due to illness not long after the death of poulenc but in this concert from bordeaux she's heard at her very best main dominée par le coeur hand ruled by the heart heart ruled by the lion lion ruled by the bird the bird that a cloud effaces the lion intoxicated by the desert the heart where death abides the hand closed in vain no help all escapes me i see that which disappears i realize that i have nothing and i barely imagine myself an absence between the walls then the exile into the darkness the eyes pure the heart inert to hear my favorite poulenc melodie of all time that is another setting of paul Éloire, tu vois le feu du soir this recording is the second of two that poulenc and bernac made together they are both extraordinary documents but in this second one even though bernac at this point has to leave out one of the high notes the perception the clarity of his diction the pinpoint accuracy of the expression and the profound humanity of his interpretation are unsurpassable in fact poulenc himself wrote this about bernac's interpretation no one will ever sing this song like bernac it is for this reason that i have dedicated it to him i wonder if in the desert island game this might not be the one i would choose from my songs to take with me it was born of chance and happy encounters you see the fire of evening emerging from its shell and you see the forest buried in its coolness you see the bare plain at the edges of the straggling sea the snow high as the sea and the sea high in the azure perfect stones and sweet woods veiled suckers you see cities tinged with gilded melancholy pavements full of excuses a square where solitude has its statue smiling and love a single house you see animals malign doubles sacrificed one to another 
immaculate brothers with intermingled shadows in a wilderness of blood. You see a beautiful child when he plays, when he laughs. He is smaller than the little bird on the tip of the branches. You see a countryside with its savour of oil and of water, where the rock is excluded, where the earth abandons her greenness to the summer, which covers her with fruit. Women descending from their ancient mirror bring you their youth and their faith in yours. And one of them, veiled by her clarity, who allures you, secretly makes you see the world without yourself. Descendant de leur miroir 
Poulenc and Bernac, even if they were not romantic partners, were so profoundly connected to each other. And I think one can hear that in this setting of the Louise de Villemorin poem, C'est ainsi que tu es, which is the second in the short cycle Métamorphose. Your body imbued with soul, your tangled hair, your foot pursuing time, your shadow which stretches and closes and whispers close to my temples. There, that is your portrait. It is thus that you are, and I want to write it to you so that when night comes, you may believe and say that I knew you well. enjoyed this exploration of the artistic partnership between Francis Poulenc and Pierre Bernac. I'm offering a bonus episode this weekend as well that features Pierre Bernac singing music by many different composers, none of them Poulenc, although Poulenc does accompany a number of the melodies. If you're interested in hearing that, I do hope that you will join my other Patreon supporters so that you can gain access to that episode. To close this episode, I would like to offer you another of Poulenc's towering achievements. This, the final song in Poulenc's Apollinaire Cycle Banalité. Just as we began the episode with the song Hotel, so we end with the song Sanglot. As Bernac notes, this is one of the most beautiful and most inspired among the lyrical songs of Poulenc. 
It is as difficult in execution as it is in interpretation. The poem, says Henri L. Poulenc's biographer, one of the most poignant, the most unpretentiously heart-rending of Apollinaire's poems, evokes the whole human race that each one of us has borne within himself since the beginning of time. It must be conceded that the poem is not always easy to understand, but Poulenc had such feeling for this poetry that, as always, his music clarifies the text, giving it its form, its rhythm, its intensity. This is a complicated text, and it's difficult to convey the different layers and sections of this poem simply by reading it, but I'll give it my best shot. Sanglou, sobs, our love is ordered by the calm stars. Now we know that in us many men have their being, who came from very far away and are one under our brows. It is the song of the dreamers who tore out their heart and carried it in the right hand. Remember, dear pride, all these memories of the sailors who sang like conquerors, of the chasms of Thule, of the gentle skies of Ophir, of the cursed sick people, of those who fled from their shadow, and of the joyous return of happy emigrants. This heart ran with blood, and the dreamer went on thinking of his wound delicate. You will not break the chain of these causes, and painful, and said to us, which are the effects of other causes. My poor heart, my broken heart, resembling the heart of all men. Here, here are our hands that life enslaved. Has died of love, or so it seems, has died of love. And here it is. Such is the way of all things. Tear out yours also, and nothing will be free until the end of time. Let us leave all to the dead and hide our sobs.
Daniel Gundlach. <laughs> 